With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug is out today. He was in for Dan Patrick earlier today. I am Eric Torres. He is Bucky Brooks. Hope everybody is having an incredible Thanksgiving. Hope everybody is enjoying the time off away with friends and family. Of course, if you are, in fact, at work right now, if you're headed into work, Bucky and I are here with you right up until 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, to get you through your busy sports day. As Ralph just told you, opening game of the Thursday night, uh, the Thursday day slate, Thanksgiving slate, Bears last second field goal to beat the Lions. It is now the Lions' fifth one, uh, one possession loss of the season, all five by three. Three points or less. We'll get into uh, Cowboys Raiders here in a minute. But first of all, Bucky, I didn't even ask. You know, you said you, you got your workout in, which first of all, you made us all feel bad, right? To lead the show mm-hmm. in hour one. Uh, do, do you have any plan? Are you laying low? Are you going to be able to meet up with anybody? I no, mean, we're- laying low, man. It's a football day. It's like a football day. It's like the perfect day, the perfect time to just kind of chill out. It is. Watch games. No pressure. Got a little work to do later. But like, yeah, this is perfect, perfect holiday. It's the best holiday out there. 
It, well, it is. We didn't do a, a holiday ranking, but if I had the number one pick in the holiday ranking, I actually would have taken Thanksgiving number one as well because uh, I, I do love kind of the family environment, the, the sports environment. Uh, as my mom referenced this morning, I don't know if it was a dig at me or not. She said there's no gifts on Thanksgiving, so that's nice. I don't know uh, if I'm a tough <laughs> gift getter or what. Uh, but, by the way, you, you know, you coach high school football. Um, did you guys have a like a, a turkey game this morning or uh, what? No, no, no. Okay. No, I didn't no, think so. No, I thought no, it'd be no, tough to get. Okay. Is your season done or are you guys still We're playing? We're all done. We're all done. Championships are this week and we are not participating. Oh, that's okay. On the lot, next year. On a lot next. of injuries like uh, bang nah, on the next year. Nah, I just weren't good enough. Didn't get done. So we turned the page. It's okay. Like Dan Campbell. It's a process, you know? That's right. It's We're basketball building. season. That's okay. That's what would say. Well, basketball yeah. season. Listen, I, you know me. I could watch college hoops all day. Obviously, a lot of college oh, I saw hoops. You, I saw you Huskies on the day. Well, they lost to Michigan State, but what yeah. I will say, Bucky, I, I know you were busy uh, probably breaking down film or something yesterday, but UConn played the game of the year yesterday against Auburn, double overtime mm. win, and I think they were out of guess. I don't know if you saw it, by the way. They, they literally had a player collapse on the court from exhaustion at the end of the game, so uh, they were down a guy today. Michigan State was well-rested. They played this two-overtime thriller, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up losing, but I, I guess you, know, you, you sound like... Uh, uh, you know, like Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. You seem underwhelmed by by my uh, my justification of UConn nah, losing to Michigan State today. No, 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 no. You don't get to. You're gonna throw out all those excuses and all that other stuff. I just, you know, they won and they lost. I don't care about how you got there. Okay. Colin Cowherd likes to say there's reasons in their excuses. I would argue there's more reasons than excuses being shared by me. But uh, <laughs> let's let's get back to football. Nobody wants. I could talk UConn hoops all day. But uh, so okay. So we got coming up here in about what 15 minutes or so. Cowboys Raiders. Just a cra- I mean a crazy game considering where both teams were even like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I mean, the Cowboys, I'll never forget, um, you know, coming off of, uh, uh, you know, they, they were playing really well. And I was on air hosting Red Zone Radio with Steve Hartman. And they're getting ready to kick off against some lousy Denver Broncos team. And I said, I got to be honest, Steve, I, you know, I really, I, I think this is the best team in the NFL. It sounds crazy, but, you know, you go back. Close loss to Tampa, played really well. Couple nice wins against the Patriots. That win looks better every week. Against the Chargers, that win looks good. And then they got smoked by the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, last week there was the Kansas City Chiefs game where, again, the offense sputtered, did not look ready to go. Where are you at with the Cowboys right now, Bucky? I mean, obviously, as Ralph alluded to, Amari Cooper will not be in this one. C.D. Lamb is not out of concussion protocol. So it's not to say that if they don't if they don't put up 40 points that they're, you know, we got to write them off completely. But where are you at with this team? Uh, one and two in their last three. The only win was, of course, the Dan Quinn revenge game where they had a lot to play for for their defensive coordinator. Uh, what do you make of them as we hit this second half of the year? Because I really liked them about three, four weeks ago, and they are not giving me very much reason to like them uh, over these last two or three weeks. No, a couple of things. They haven't been the same since Dak had the injury. Uh, when Dak has returned from the injury, he hasn't been the same guy. He was playing at MVP level prior to the injury. Since then, he, he just doesn't, he just looks off. He's just not in his in his rhythm, in his bag. Um, secondly, I would say Kellen Moore has to remember who they are and what they're about. Dallas Cowboys are always at their best when they're able to run the football, have a little balance. I'm not saying that Dak Prescott can't carry the load as a quarterback. He's shown that he can. But this is a team whose recipe for success always involves the running game. So more Tony Pollard, more Ezekiel Elliott, more wins uh, typically follow. And so if they get back to just being who they are and not trying to kind of get past happy and cute, um, they'll get back on track and they'll continue to do damage. But if they kind of get wayward and lose lose sight of – how they need to win games. Yeah, they'll continue to struggle. So let me ask you, because I think there's kind of this this thought that, 
well, you know, even if they struggle a little bit, they're in the NFC East, they're going to run away with the division. And I'm not saying that they're not going to win the NFC East, but Philly's won three of their last four. Mm. Washington, obviously coming off that, the, you know, two really nice wins against, you know, Carolina with Cam Newton. And of course the, the bucks a few weeks ago, all of a sudden that home stretch, by the way, the Cowboys play the Cardinals mixed in there as well does not look as easy as I think it did even, again, two, yeah, a three weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah it look, looks a little, little more challenging, for sure. Yeah, yeah worried. I, I wouldn't say worried is the right word, but I mean, again, everybody's jostling for that number one seed so you don't have to play uh, that first weekend of the season. Then, of course, if they win the division, they'll get a home game. But uh, that's kind of something that would be a little concerning to me if you're a Cowboys fan is, again, I use a lot of college football analogies. I, I host the college football show on Saturday night where where a team like Clemson can kind of use, not this year, but in, in most years can kind of use that ACC regular season to really gear up for the playoffs. And I think in the NFL, we assumed that the Cowboys would be able to do that as well with two games against Washington and one against Philly remaining on the schedule. It does not look like it's going to be that easy. And so, again, I, I don't know if worried is the right word, but I, I don't think they're just going to be able to coast into the playoffs if they don't kind of start to get things together, you know? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And it's an issue. It's an issue because the Philadelphia Eagles have found their recipe. They're running the football, man, like crazy. I want to say the last four games they've had over 175 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts is basically playing Lamar Jackson-like in this revamped offense that they've created in Philadelphia where they're doing a lot of things that the Baltimore Ravens are doing, and it's unique, and it's tough, and it's uh, a way for them to run the football and control it. And so they have a lot of confidence. And then you have the Washington football team going on the road, knocking off the Carolina Panthers. And so now a division that we thought, well, I mean, let's be honest, we didn't think it was very good. But now it's more competitive, particularly with the Cowboys kind of coming back to the pack. And so what looked like, you know, a cakewalk, they were kind of skating to the playoffs and do the deal, uh, might be a little more challenging. It seems so. And, and that would be, again, a, I don't want to use the word concern, but just it, it, it does change the variables a little bit really quickly with the Raiders. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about the next steps in the last hour, the next steps for the Detroit Lions. What are the next steps for the, the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, they're obviously reeling. We know about the mm -hmm. John Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs situation, the Damon Arnett situation. We don't have to relitigate all that. But now three straight losses. Um, ironically, I told you, my mom lives in Vegas uh, part of the year now. She was at the Bengals game on uh, Sunday, and she said it was just a, a train wreck. I was actually on air with Dan Beyer, and you know, you, you could see, I mean, penalties, I mean, all that stuff. And they're going to have to find a new a new head coach here coming up. Obviously, the the wide receiver that they thought they were going to be able to, to rely on for the next six, seven years is no longer going to be there. What are the next steps for this organization, a team that like literally three weeks ago we thought was, was they were in position to like potentially get the number one seed in the AFC at one point. Now they've lost three in a row. Obviously, they're playing the Cowboys today. And for them, it doesn't really get easier either, of course, with Kansas City and Los Angeles in their division as well. Tough, man. It's, it's tough because it seemed like everything, everything fell apart all at one time. And so you lose the leader and the ultimate football czar in John Gruden. So now you have a lack of direction from the top down because he controlled everything. So now Mike Mayock steps into this seat. He's taking over. But it's the middle of the season. You have an interim coach in Rich Passaccia who, look, by all accounts, is a really good coach. Um, one of the best special teams coaches in the league. He's been looking for an opportunity to be a head coach. But the circumstances surrounding him getting this job is just tough. Not only because John Gruden was um, – surprisingly dismissed when everything kind of took place. Like no one saw saw that coming, obviously, before the emails were released and that. But then you have the Henry Ruggs situation. Um, 
You have Arnett's situation and you have all of this stuff happening in the middle of the year. So from a player standpoint, you got players from a mental headspace just in a, a fog, right? And so what next needs to happen is if Mike Mayock stays on as the general manager, he has to reset and reestablish what the culture is going to be for the program. Because before that was John Gruden's culture. Now it's his culture and the culture of whoever he determines is going to be the head coach of his Passaccia or not. They got to reset that. They have to get all the players on board and they have to make sure that the players that they bring into the program fit how they want the program to operate going forward. And so there'll be some sacrificial lambs. There'll be some turnover, some change, but all of that factors in. So the number one thing is Mike Mayock or whoever the next leader is, has to reestablish what the culture for the Raiders is going to be going forward. Well, and I was going to ask, I mean, I know it's probably a way too early to speculate on this, but do we have any idea who the next head coach might be? And the only reason I ask is because, one, as you said, Gruden was such a big presence. There was no reason to think coming into this season that even if, um, you know, he didn't have a successful year, that he wasn't going to be there for the very foreseeable future. And so now you're completely restarting. Obviously, they had to overpay to kind of get him out of, I don't know if it was retirement or not, whatever he was doing with ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we know that, that, you know, Mark Davis, uh, he has the, the financial situation is, is, uh, you know, not great there. And it's a, it's just a, a, a weird deal, right? New mm-hmm. city ish type deal. New, and you still want that pizzazz of, we just opened a new stadium. We're in a new city. We want to be this team for this city. But at the same time, you lose that guy that you had that, again, everything funneled through. And so is it too early to know who they could potentially go after? And kind of in a, in a bigger picture, what kind of guy do you want? I mean, Bucky, you do this for a living. And, and one thing that they always say is usually when you have kind of an unsuccessful regime, and I don't know if you would even call John Gruden mm-hmm. that, you kind of go the opposite direction. If you got a, a you know a hard ass, you, know, you, you end up going yeah. with the, the player's coach. You have a player's coach, you go with whatever. So is there any sense for who they might go to or more importantly, who they should go to, not from a name perspective, but from a personality perspective. Obviously, again, uh, you know, storied franchise, but new city, a lot of turmoil. And you kind of need somebody to come in there and, and, and really kind of be a leader, a father. I just do so many different things because there are so many different things that are impacting this organization right now. Yeah. Um, I, look, I, I think the guy that they want to be the head coach would be. Uh, Rich Passaccia, the guy's there now. Uh, I know Mike Mayock has always finally thought of Rich Passaccia as a guy who could get it done. And so I think they would like to be able to run it back. And so this team has to give them a reason to run it back with Rich Passaccia as the head man. Um, if it's not if it's not him, then, I mean, look, man, the candidates are fast and furious. It could go any number of directions when it comes to who's the leader of the team and the franchise. I, I will say this. The person who has taken over the job, I believe, has to be someone who has a big presence, who has a clear plan. And I don't think this is can be one that can be, if it's not going to be Versace, that you can have a whole lot of on-the-job training. I would think it would be someone who's been a head coach before, someone who kind of has a clear idea on how to do this, because the time is now. The window is shrinking for them to kind of get it done. you got a quarterback who you got to make decisions on in terms of how much you're going to pay him if you extend him out. So it has to be someone who understands exactly what they want and able to put a plan in place and it work. Sounds like there's only one name they can go get. Bill Parcells. He's uh, in retirement. Yeah. 
Yeah, the tough work of turning around the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he done it everywhere else. I think he's like 85 now, but you know, you never know. I think he's at the horse track having a good time. But uh, f- fascinating organization as we are now just a few minutes from kickoff. Raiders Cowboys is the second game on the Thanksgiving Day slate. Bears beat the Lions on a last second field goal 16 to 14 in the opener of the day. This is the Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Bucky Brooks in for Doug. Coming up. Switch gears a little bit to some college football. Big games coming up, not only tonight, but this weekend with Rivalry Week. Curious for Bucky's take on Michigan-Ohio State and a bunch of the other big games this weekend. Aaron Torres, Bucky Brooks, in for Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Doug Gottlieb show. Aaron Torres and Bucky Brooks are in for Doug. We hope everybody is having a great holiday, spending time with friends and family. And of course, if you are working, uh, we hope you are enjoying. Uh, we, we appreciate you really more than enjoying. We appreciate you making us a part of your holiday. We are here until 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight when the odd couple will take over. But again, this is the Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. And Bucky, you know, we still got a minute or so before this Cowboys game starts. And so feels like a good time to get in a little quick college football because as exciting as today's slate is, as exciting as it is to just, you know, have NFL football here on a sat, on a, on a Thursday holiday uh, kind of deal here. I will also say there's a lot of really good college football this this weekend, and so uh, I want to get your take on a few of the the big games. I mean, obviously you do so much NFL draft stuff. I know you you work with some of these kids dating back to their high school days. Let's start with the big one. I mean, Michigan playing Ohio State. Michigan is at home, and I'll say this: like, I Michigan I think is pretty good. Now, now Ohio State is crazy explosive. We saw it 49 points mm-hmm. the other day in the first half against Michigan State. Michigan State, of course, I don't think a lot of people realize has the worst pass defense in college football, and they had it before they played Ohio State. So Michigan, I feel like, is a little bit better equipped to handle Ohio State than Michigan State was. Not saying that Michigan will win necessarily, because, you know, horrible, but I think they can at least keep it close, keep it competitive. What do you make of that game? No, I think it's be a very competitive game. And I think everyone is going to look at how Ohio State quickly dismissed Michigan State and expect it to be the same. Um, I think it's hard to duplicate that performance back-to-back weeks. To have everything going the way that it was going last week against Michigan State, man, I just think it's hard to get that team um, – to play at that level. Now, it's a rivalry game, so emotions would be there. The focus and, and, and stuff would be there. But uh, I think you're right. Even though I felt like, look, Michigan State beat Michigan, maybe they're the better team, maybe they're a better team on that day. But uh, there's something about Michigan that I, I, I would take seriously. Um, I, I like how they're playing. I like how they kind of grind it out. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football on Ohio State like they want to. And then it ultimately comes down to the quarterback. Can K McNamara make enough plays against Ohio State, and can they make C.J. Stroud uncomfortable, meaning can Michigan make C.J. Stroud uncomfortable with all the pressure and those things when they cover up those guys on the outside? Their secondary is better than Michigan State. So I think this is a fourth-quarter game, but it's hard to pick against Ohio State (laughs) because they beat them so many times in a row, man. You know, it's just hard. How do you such an explosive offense? I mean, you're never going to completely slow down Ohio State, but for people who don't know, I mean, legitimately probably three first first round wide receivers mm-hmm. on this roster, and then mm-hmm. some young guys that that have the potential to get there down the road, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is mm-hmm. a guy that he doesn't even see the field very much for them. 
when you see uh, how take take us dumb guys that just watch it on the couch how do you even attempt to begin to slow down uh, an offense like this where i mean they have three four guys that the second they touch the ball if if you whether it's in the open field or if you if they break one tap, tackle they can take it to the house how do you go about it just you see them against michigan state and it just feels like there is no way to hold this team under say like 31 points 35 points whatever they score 49 in the first half against michigan state any real thoughts on what you do your former DB so if anyone has the answer I know you would it's hard and the number one thing we saw it in the Michigan State game we talked about it earlier like the number one way to lose after turnovers is a the big place you have to make sure that you have a plan to keep the ball in front of the defense you cannot allow those guys to get loose on deep balls and so if that means that you have to soften up a little bit give yourself more cushion you have to do that you got to make them catch the ball going back to the quarterback Secondly, you have to be able to tackle in space because they're going to get their catches. They're going to make catches. Now you got to get them down. So I don't mind them catching five-yard passes, but I want them to catch it at five yards and go immediately down. So we got to be great tacklers in space. And then in the red zone, like it's about stiffening up and using what I call the three additional defenders, the two sidelines and the end line. So they can have all the yards that they want to have, but we have to have a plan for not allowing them to score touchdowns. we got to make them kick field goals. So that means we can play soft coverage and let them move between the 20s. But once we get into the 20s, high alert, now we can tighten up and be more aggressive because now they don't have as much feel to operate when it comes to those big plays. Tighten up and then kind of play to force them to get field goals. They're too good to say, hey, we're going to shut them completely down, but we certainly can make it a, a slow death where they have to kind of nickel and dime and they can run the football and all that other stuff, but we can't give up the big plays. What do you make of the whole situation with Jim Harbaugh? This is a guy that's won, uh, he's 117 and 50 at Michigan, and a guy that has now, he this is year seven, but let's just take out the COVID year. They only played six games. He's won 10 or more, well, not 10 or more. He's won 10 games in four of his six full seasons now at this point he's never won fewer than eight but he can't get over the hump against ohio state and now increasingly he is losing to michigan state which is a little like they're a rising program under mel tucker we get that but i just think they're one of the more interesting situations not only in college football but in all of sports from the perspective that can you really get rid of a guy that wins like 75 percent of his games i guess it'd be closer to like 70 percent of his games can you can you get rid of a guy that can both win about 70% of his games, beat everyone that you're supposed to, but then also literally beat no one that you are not supposed to? Like in other words, the big games, the games that matter, he just they just don't deliver for whatever reason. Sometimes, frankly, uh, an Ohio State just has a better team, and sometimes uh, they give games away like they did against Michigan State earlier this year. I think we're headed for another 10-2 and two year where you, you, you look great against Maryland, Indiana, whoever, but you just don't get the job done in the games that the fans care about. And I, I don't think he should be let go, but I also understand the frustration of a Michigan fan that's like, I'm just ready to try something. I don't know if I don't know if the next guy will be better, but I know what this guy is at this point, and I'm ready to see something else. It's funny because that's how Michigan fans Michigan fans and Texas fans are in the same bucket, right? Yes. Like like what they think they are and what their team and program really is is completely different. And so Ohio State has always been a national power in football. Like, just go all the way back. Like, all the way back. Like, they've always been that. Michigan has been a very good program, but they haven't been a national power. Now, they have national brand recognition. But they haven't won a national title since, what, 90, was 98? 98 was, when they won it with Charles Woodson and that crew? 
it's, it's, I mean, it's been forever since they've been able to kind of do it at that level. Jim Harbaugh has been one of the more successful coaches that they've ever had. He, Lloyd Carr, Bo Schembechler, that's what it is. And so the thing that I would say is he's been very successful. He has won, uh, you said, 10 games, like four of the six full seasons that they've been there. Yes, they haven't been able to knock off the rival. But, man, if you if you look up under the hood, right, the Ohio State game a few years ago where if not from a maybe a poor spot, and I know we talk about not making excuses, but Ooh. a poor spot, a poor spot kind of putting them in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. You think about what happened uh, the Sparta year where all they had to do was punt the football. Yep. The punt gets blocked. Mm-hmm. It gets blocked. And they lose the game. This is, that might put them in a tournament. So yep. I think Michigan fans just have to be careful because, like, you can want more. I want better. But it's better out there, particularly in this landscape where you have all these jobs. Because I worry about USC and LSU and Washington and Virginia Tech and Florida and all these guys want upgrades at coaches. Aaron, how many how many A plus coaches are out there? Well, there's fewer every day because James Frank and James Franklin, I want to call an A plus coach, but he just signed an extension. Mel Tucker officially signed his extension. There's a report out there uh, that Dave Aranda will sign his extension. Back to Harbaugh. Well, I want to actually ask you about the USC LSU stuff in Florida, frankly, too, in a minute. Uh, by the way, Cowboys Raiders just about to kick off. Bears won the first game today on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, sixteen to fourteen against the Lions. Uh, with Harbaugh, it's so funny that you brought up the Texas parallel because I was on air during that Texas loss to Kansas. And that was one of my big takeaways. I said, you know, producer Bo is, is in with me every Saturday, so he probably heard this rant already. But, uh, you know, it, it sounds weird to think about Jim Harbaugh when you're seeing Kansas celebrate at Daryl Royal Stadium in Austin, Texas. <laughs> but, I mean, Mac Brown won a lot of games at Texas. And it wasn't, it wasn't good enough for him, though. And it wasn't good enough, and now they're on what? Their fourth or fifth head coach since then. Tom Herman, by the way, went 7-3 and three in a COVID year last year. One loss at double overtime, two losses by three points. And you get rid of him, and now you're just starting that cycle over. And so it's crazy because I, 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 it's, it's one where, and, and I say this all the time, is that you know, we're given this job, Bucky, and we're very grateful for what we are allowed to do here. But, you know, we're paid to, to have strong opinions and we want to come yeah, out on every. Si- yeah, yeah, you want to you want to come out on every single topic, uh, you know, uh, and, and have a definitive. This is what they need to do. This is the answer. This is this. Dan Campbell's the guy. He's going to get him over the hump. He's not the guy like. And the Michigan one is like one of the few ones where I just I really do see both sides. I really see the fan that says, I don't know who will get. But who was Mel Tucker? Like, Mel Tucker was not an A-plus hire, and look at where he has Michigan State in year two. And so I get that side, but then I get the side that you and I are talking about. And for the record, I lean more towards that side, which is, yes, I know the Herm Edwards, you play to win the games, but at the same time, he is winning a ton of games, and Ohio State is on a historic run right now. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that it's much more likely that the guy you get isn't as good as Harbaugh than that he somehow is the guy that puts you over the top. All I would say is look at Nebraska. Yep. Nebraska wanted more when they had Frank Solich there winning 10, 11 games every year. Every year they went in mm-hmm. 10, 11. Oh, we got to get better. So you go and get both. You get both. Yeah, you got Bo Pelini then? They got Bill Callahan first. Bill Callahan, Speaking then the Bo Pelini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Mike Riley. Now there's Scott Frost. And there's a generation of folks. Yep. Generation of kids who don't even remember Nebraska being Nebraska. 
Like that's what's unfortunate about it. They don't even they don't even light up when Nebraska comes on TV. They have no idea who the team with the red N on their helmet is. No I'll fear say, for them. Yeah. I, I'm in my mid 30s and I barely remember Nebraska being relevant. <laughs> you, you you deal with high school kids who, if they didn't see it on Instagram or TikTok in the last 30 seconds, they don't. They, and so. I completely get it. I want to continue this conversation. We will continue this because I, I there's a lot of other interesting elements to this. Cowboys, uh, Cowboys and uh, Raiders are about to kick off. We'll get back to the college football talk here momentarily. Now, I'll say this. I'm excited. I'm excited. But I think that actually perfectly segues, thank you, Ralph Irvin, into what I want to ask Bucky Brooks about is that, you know, uh, LSU and USC and, and Florida, they're all reeling. UConn's got the guy of the future already ready to go. So we could skip the UConn talk for right now. We'll get to that in hour five, Bucky. But uh, in the meantime... I just I think you just kind of casually unintentionally brought up just a fascinating point in the last segment. We were talking a little bit about Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what happens if he loses to Ohio State this week? We have three premier jobs open right now, USC, LSU and Florida. And we're going into a situation where uh, James Franklin this week signs uh, agrees to an extension. Mel Tucker signs his extension. On top of that, there was a report this morning. I actually got a text right around the same time uh, from somebody that would know that Dave Aranda, the Baylor head coach, who could have them in the Big 12 championship game in two weeks, is going to sign an extension as well. And so you brought up the idea that, that where are all these good coaches going to come from from all of these jobs? What do you First of all, let me even go backwards, Bucky. Good to be a guy that is happy where you're at because Mel Tucker, 10-year contract, $95 million. James Franklin, 10-year contract. Dave Aranda, I've been told it's somewhere in the 8- to 10-year range. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, like, first of all, it's great, to be that, it's great to be those guys, but what do you make of these situations across college football where it feels like they would never say it publicly, but I, how can you not be scrambling a little bit if you're USC, LSU, Florida? Now, there's a chance that they could have their guy ready to go, uh, and they're just waiting till the end of the regular season, but more realistically, they're going to get to the end of the regular season when they can finally start talking to these guys and interviewing these guys, and I think a lot of these schools are scrambling right now to try and figure out who's actually available, who'd be interested in their jobs, all that good stuff. Yeah, I think it is a bit of a scramble drill. Because remember, you have a couple of different things in play. One, uh, availability. Who's going to be available? Who can you bring in? Two, the early signing date for recruiting is yep. in December. So now, I mean, you run the risk of just not even filling out a class. You know, you're just so behind the eight ball when it comes to the recruiting part of it. But the biggest, the biggest thing is for some of these jobs, man, we talked about it. You can't, hey, don't have time to wait for on-the-job training correct kind of need you to hit the ground running you have to know the plan the program you got to be able to articulate it to everyone in the building you got to be able to hold everyone accountable to make sure that they are living up to the standards and that there's one voice and one vision and that voice and vision is being echoed each and every day to the players and everyone around the program so it's a tough job in general then when you just kind of look at which of these jobs not only gives me a chance to win but gives me a chance to be around while I'm building it, you know, because everyone is going to want it to happen right away. Just look at what Texas fans are doing to Sark. Oh, my God. And look, you fired a guy to bring in a new guy. It takes – look, the new guy is not going to take those old pieces and magically rework the room. It takes time. And so can you find a situation that kind of works with how you view – team building, how you view culture, all those other stuff. That That's the toughest challenge when it comes to these programs and what they want, because if it's not aligned, it's not going to work. 
Well, and you bring up, you know, the, the, the pressure that comes with some of these jobs, right? I mean, Coach O literally being fired less than two years after winning a national championship at LSU. And I will say, like, getting kind of in the weeds, nerdy college football talk, but I think that's something that may actually work against them is, again, a Mel Tucker. I mean, d- does the LSU job have a higher upside? Sure, it has a higher upside than Michigan State, but he's going to have time at Michigan State to do what he needs to do. Where you go to LSU and you don't win right away, um, you know, he, you know you're going to be out there really quick. Real quick, you know, you live in L.A., you know the L.A. high school scene, and so you're as, you know, as, as, smart of a person to ask about the USC situation as anybody. Um, what do you make of that job? Do you think there's an obvious candidate because it's a unique job? And I'll say this, Bucky, and I've been saying this on my Saturday show, like they got to get this right because what's blown me away, Bucky is being in LA, how, how much, passion there is for NFL football as we looks like the Raiders have just scored to take a six, nothing lead Deshaun Jackson touchdown catch for the Raiders. So you live in LA, you know, the high school scene, I think USC can get back to being that best team in the pac 12, but I'll also say this. I've, I've been to a Rams game at SoFi stadium. I was blown away by how much LA already loves the Rams, how much they love the chargers. And I think if you get this higher wrong, it's going to be a lot of empty seats at the Coliseum. And we're talking about Nebraska. You lose a generation of fans that don't remember Nebraska being good. I think USC is in danger of, of that happening to them as well. Now that is always the danger and the consideration when you're dealing with USC. That's it. You cannot make the hire to win the press conference. The number one thing that USC has to do is they got to make sure that they quit letting the best players from Southern California mm-hmm. get out of the building. They have to throw a fence up around Southern California. It almost reminds me of watching those old uh, 30 for 30s on the U. Yep. The first one where Howard Schembechler said the state of Miami. Mm-hmm. Well, USC does not need to venture outside of Southern California for their recruiting blueprint. Like we see it each and every week. Just think about this, Aaron. Two of the guys in the Heisman finalists, quarterbacks, are from their backyard, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Yep. And those guys can't leave. They can't leave. You can't let those guys leave, whether they're in the same class or not. Like, your best play, the best players from this area cannot venture out. And so SC has to, number one, make sure that the top dogs stay in the area. The next thing, their offensive line and defensive lines, they got to get back to looking like – they looked when Pete Carroll was there, when they were churning out first and second round picks on both lines. They were dominating up front because I think what is lost in all the razzle dazzle and sizzle that was Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and all those other guys, man, just check how many first and second round offensive and defensive linemen were coming out during that time. That's where they've lost their way. And so the head coach has to be one who can recruit them. He has to be one who can hire staff who can develop them. And then at the end of the day, you got to be able to win and you got to play to the brand. Like the air raid stuff that USC is doing, that's cute. But when you're USC, man, you can't play gimmicky football. Like you're SC, you line the ball up, man, we're better than you. We're going to line up and we're going to cram it down your throat. That's how you have to play. That's how old school Trojans tell me that that's how the ball should be played back when John, Mc, John McKay and John Robinson and all those glory years, that, that's, hey, that's how they play. You got to play to the brand. And so whoever comes in has to understand what the brand is and has to be able to build a team that can play to the brand. This is Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Aaron Torres. We're filling in for Doug. Coming up, more reaction. Raiders up 7 nothing. We will also uh, visit the press from earlier today. Aaron Torres, Bucky Brooks in for Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Bucky Brooks filling in for Doug. I believe that I said we have the press now, but of course, right now is the time uh, for What Does the Fox Say? So with that said... What do we got now? (laughs) My case for LeBron is, is threefold, right? Like, look to me, this completely deescalates without having to be like, you don't have to be confrontation. You just go him and her out. And if you look at the ticket, they have the right to kick you out anytime you want. I think it's a good deterrent for other fans. I think it's, I honestly think as a guy who's, as respected as anyone who's ever played in the league. Like, it's a good, like, hey, dude, don't need to get into it with these people. If you if, if something gets to the level of, uh, of being over the line, just kick him out, and let's move on, let's, let's play ball. So I, but, but here's the biggest thing. When he pointed to the dude and the woman, and the woman, they both had, like, matching leather jackets or whatever you could tell they were together. I, I, if I ever get to that point where matching shoot me, um, <laughs> but they didn't put up a fight. They weren't pointing the, no, 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 it wasn't me. What are you talking? They didn't do the hands point palms toward to the sky. Like, what are you talking about? They were just like, yeah, you, you got us. Sorry. We put on her jacket, walked out. That was Doug Gottlieb earlier today talking about LeBron James getting a few fans kicked out of the stands in Indianapolis last night. Uh, Bucky, really quick, where are you at? I mean, it seems like I don't know if if it's because of the tension from COVID being back in arenas, but this is not a new thing, but it seems to have escalated fan player interactions a lot in the last, I don't know, eight, 10 months. What do you make of this? And of course, obviously the flip side being it's been a tough week for LeBron. Uh, You know, we know what happened with Isaiah Stewart. He missed the game against the Knicks earlier this week for his one game suspension. But like, what, what do you make of LeBron pointing to fans and getting them kicked out of the arena? Uh, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a different time. I, I think, and I'll blame some of this on social media and accessibility, right? Social media, Twitter, Instagram has made it where everyone can get in contact with their favorite player Great call. directly. And so what happens is when you're able to tweet at IG, your favorite player, like some of that natural respected interaction disappears. And so now when you get face to face, because you used to firing off tweets saying whatever you say those things, but when you say it, you don't think you're going to get a reaction. And what you now have is a generation of players that react. And they don't, they're not just going to sit there and take the harassment and those things. And so I know people say, like, yeah, but you get paid. That's part of the deal. Yeah, to a point. But then when you say some of these things that you know that you normally wouldn't say to people, like if we were walking down the street, passing each other on the sidewalk, yeah. like So that's what you're seeing. You're seeing – 
I would say the Twitter tough guys and all that other stuff where people have been allowed to just kind of say whatever. Now they're kind of being held accountable because players are firing back. And so it's kind of created a, a dicey situation, but it's definitely more testy now than ever between players and fans. I'll wrap really quick by just saying I've, I've kind of evolved on this. I was kind of more in the, Hey, you get paid a lot of money. This is one of the responsibilities that comes with it. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it, it, it seems to be getting worse. Now we have things being thrown onto the court, beer dumped on guys. I know that's not what happened last night, but like I said, I, I really have evolved on that. And that was what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? So, yeah, interesting week for LeBron here. Uh, you know, real quick, Bucky, give me, give me like 10 seconds. Uh, LeBron, Isaiah Stewart, intentional or not, Bucky? I mean, look, he 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 kind of popped him with the elbow. I think Isaiah Stewart's reaction was a little over the top. Um, I understand the suspension for both players. I understand why they did it for LeBron because if you keep LeBron playing, then it kind of plays to the mystique of, oh, King LeBron gets to do whatever. So I understand it. It was a game. It wasn't – look, it was harmless for what the Lakers were doing. Absolutely. And so it'll be interesting. Uh, Busy week for LeBron, as I said. But, of course, plenty more NFL to talk about. Raiders, Cowboys on now. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.